It's now time for the Billy C Show, part of the BillyCBoxing.com network. And we're coming to you live from the Billy C Studios in Lake George, New York. I'm Bill Calagero, and it's time for the Talking Boxing with Billy C Show. Good morning, good day, good evening, whenever you're watching, whenever you're listening. I hope you're doing okay today. Today's show is being brought to us in part by the Title Bout Championship Computer Game. Check it out. You can go to our website, BillyCBoxing.com, and click on the Title Bout a banner, or just go to titleboutboxing.com. Make sure you tell them Bill C. sent you. Today's show is also being brought to us in part by the Southern Gourmet Spice Company, the place to get the best spice in the world. I, uh, <laughs> I'm i a big fan of the Cajun spice, but you got to check out Kenny Bear's Barbecue Rub and their seasoned salt. Makes everything taste better, and I know because I'm a fat bastard. Uh, check it out. SouthernGourmetSpice.com Demand the Billy C. Discount And finally, today's show is being brought to us in part by You guessed it, my book Tom Molino from Bondage to Baddest Man on the Planet Is available right now Where all good books are sold And you can get a copy of this book right now Where you're watching or listening to this show Just visit BarnesandNoble.com Or Amazon.com And uh, if you want a signed copy Just drop me an email Billy at Talkin' Boxing, T-A-L-K-I-N-B-O-X-I-N-G dot com. Let's get right into it. Um, some fights that took place over the weekend. Um, I, I, I'm just going to mention the ones that I liked, uh, that I that I found uh, entertaining. Uh, over in uh, um, uh, Britain, I'm sorry, um, yeah, Britain, Sheffield, England, um, the super lightweight uh, vacant British title was on the line, and Dalton Smith improved to uh, twelve and zero with ten knockouts when he uh, kind of beat the hell out of uh, Sam O'Mason, uh, who dropped to seventeen four and one. It was a six round stoppage. Official time was two minutes and fifty five seconds of uh, the round, and you know I, this kid is good. Uh, one of the things I like about him is he listens. He listened to his corner. Uh, he was in excellent shape. I can't wait to see him again. Also on that card was a heavyweight that is my new guy to watch. We're going to be talking about heavyweights today, and uh, I, I want you to keep an eye on Johnny Fisher. Okay, Johnny Fisher uh, improved to six and zero with five knockouts when he stopped Michael Renzinger, uh, who dropped to three wins and two losses. Uh, a devastating right hand at 39 seconds of the second round stopped this guy. Uh, Johnny Fisher, I was checking him out. Um, he's six foot four, which uh, I guess by today's standards uh, isn't that big. Um, but um, 241 and a half pounds, 23 years old. This is the key, man. The kid is 23 years old. Keep an eye on Johnny Fisher. I have a feeling about this guy. We're going to be talking about him in a couple of years. Uh, I would not be shocked if he's got a belt uh, around his waist at some point. From Belfast, Ireland, uh, Michael Conlon made his return after suffering his first deceit, and he, and he uh, won. He improved to 17 wins, one loss, eight of his wins coming by knockout. Uh, he, he beat 
Uh, Miguel Mariaga, who dropped to 30-6 and six with 26 knockout uh, by a uh, unanimous decision, 99-88 twice, 99-89 uh, uh, was the uh, third judge. From Texas, from the good old USA, um, Virgil Ortiz improved to 19-0 with 19 knockouts uh, when he stopped uh, Michael McKinson, uh, who dropped to 22-1 with a couple of draws. Um, my man Dax Khan is going to be doing uh, a piece on this fight, so I'm not going to get too into it. And woohoo, uh, Cobbs, my man Blair the Flair Cobb, uh, improved to 16-1 and one with a draw and 10 knockouts when he won a unanimous decision over Maurice Hooker, uh, who dropped to 27-3 and three with three draws and 18 KOs. 97-90 um, twice, and uh, the third judge saw it 96-91. Uh, he did drop, uh, Blair the Flair did drop uh, Mo in three times, once in the first round and twice in the second round, and then went on to win a decision. Uh, I was pulling for him. I got to admit, I really didn't think he was going to pull it off. So uh, congrats uh, to my man uh, uh, Cobb. Um, we got uh, some fights that were announced that I want to talk about real quick. Timofimo Lopez is fighting Pedro Campa uh, this Saturday in Las Vegas on ESPN. Uh, my man Coach, if you've been watching or listening to this show, you know my man Coach. Uh, he had dropped me an email uh, a little ways uh, back, and he said, I think Tiafimo Lopez is, is done. I don't know about that, Coach. You know, he's 25 years old. It's his first ever fight in the junior welterweight division. Uh, I think he's going to look good. We'll see. It'll be this Saturday. He's uh, 17 and uh, 1. Um, his uh, uh, loss came at the hands of George Cambosos uh, in his last fight back in November. If you recall, this is the guy who beat Vasily Lomachenko. So uh, at 25 years old, I certainly don't think uh, it's over for him. Pedro Campa. Um, He's uh, a 30-year-old Mexican fighter. He's five foot nine. He's got an inch uh, height advantage over Tiafimo. He's a 36-fight veteran. Um, he's uh, his only loss came at the hands uh, of Carlos Uminguez uh, via seventh-round stoppage way back in uh, 2017. Uh, the thing about him is he's fought all his opposition at junior welterweight and welterweight. Uh, so you know you would assume he's a little bigger. And his opposition's been decent. I'm looking forward uh, to this fight. Okay, uh, talk. let's talk about the heavyweight division. More talk about the heavyweight division. I got an email from my man, Brett, who uh, last week, if you recall, I asked you guys uh, to uh, uh, give me your top 10. And Brett uh, sent me an email. He says, hey, Billy C., it's been a long time. Hope you're doing good. Uh, glad to see the fire's been relit for the show. I can't disagree with you about the stupidity of the ranking systems. Uh, and can have so many different fighters all uh, in them. Here's my top 10. By the way, uh, I put up another article up on BillyCBoxing.com. If you go to the latest news up on the top, you can see uh, my column. Uh, it's uh, It was about the WBC. I'll get to that in a little bit. But uh, my man Brett has uh, Tyson Fury, number one, Usyk, number two, Anthony Joshua, number three, Deontay Wilder at number four, Joseph Parker at number five, Joe Joyce at number six, Luis Ortiz at number seven, Andy Ruiz at eight, Daniel Dubois at number nine, and the young uh, Frankie Sanchez um, coming in at number 10. Uh, decent top 10 from my man Brett. Uh, glad to uh, hear from him. Uh, as you guys 
know or if you need to be reminded, uh, my uh, uh, top 10, uh, which I did uh, last week, Tyson Fury, number one, Usyk, number two, AJ, number three, Wilder, number four, Dillian White, number five, Luis Ortiz, number six, Joe Joyce is number seven, Parker's number eight, Otto Wallen, I put at number nine. His only loss was to Tyson Fury. He's, he's, I think he's a good fighter. And Andy Ruiz uh, rounds out the top 10. But the two fighters that are on the cusp of the top 10 is uh, the 18 and 1, 24 year old Danny Dubois and Frankie Sanchez. He's 20 and 0 and he's 30 years old. So keep an eye on uh, those guys. And like I said, uh, the two big heavyweight fights coming up. AJ and Usyk rematch that's taking place August 20th in Saudi Arabia will be on the zone. And uh, uh, September 4th, um, we got uh, Andy Ruiz Jr. and Luis Ortiz uh, in a pay-per-view. I, I can't stand the fact that uh, it's a pay-per-view. It shouldn't be. But uh, anyway, some more heavyweight boxing news. Um, Don King was, appro- uh, was uh, accused by Danny Dubois Dubois for not paying him. Uh, Don King says, I've never not paid a fighter. And uh, he said he did pay him. And, you know, there's a stipulation here. If you look, read through the fine print of Don King's statement, uh, and then his lawyer backed him up, um, he said that they made it, uh, an escrow uh, payment in the amount of $134,000 uh, re- removing a balance due uh, after a set-off payment uh, that was monies owed to Don King by Mr. Warren for $319,000. This is going to be where the stickling point is because Warren made a statement after this saying, what are you talking about? First of all, I had nothing to do with the promotion, and it's not fair that Don King has taken money that he alleges I owe him. This is Warren talking and takes it out of Dubois' uh, purse. So this isn't over. But if you recall, this was one of the arguments that Mike Tyson had with Don King when he was charging him, uh, I forget the amount, but a lot of money for a towel. So uh, uh, you got to see what the extra charges are. Don't let Mr. King, although I'm a fan of Don, don't let him uh, drive that bus. Uh, Some other fights that are going to be coming down the line. Uh, Joe Joyce and Joseph Parker. The fight has finally been made. Uh, these guys are uh, both, believe it or not, ranked in a couple of different ranking or sanctioning bodies. Uh, the fight uh, is going to be taking place in England on September 24th. I love this fight. I love this fight. Uh, I like Joe Joyce and Joseph Parker. This is going to really clarify some stuff, in my opinion. Joe Joyce was... Uh, uh, comment, his comment said, this fight's been a long time in the making. Parker realized he has nowhere else to go and eventually had to take this fight. We're number one against number two. The winner goes on to fight for the world title. It's going to be a cracking fight, and you'll see why he tried so hard to avoid me. Joseph Parker said, on the 24th, the fans in Manchester are going to see the very best of me. Joe Joyce will see exactly why I became the heavyweight champion uh, of the world again, uh, and I've waited patiently. Uh, to get this fight on. And let me tell you now, the juggernaut's journey ends right here. He has nowhere to run. Um, Listen, this is the way fights should be. Number one against number two, the winner fighting the title, uh, fighting for the title. Um, Let's talk about the fight that's coming up after that uh, with uh, the rematch between Usyk and AJ. Um, AJ's being trained now by Robert Garcia. Uh, 
And I think this is going to be a, a big benefit for him because the problem that AJ has had in the past is that he, he kind of, you know, he, he, he gets, in my opinion, lackadaisical in there. The guy's got great skill. Let's, let's face it, his weakness is his chin. Okay, but he's got great skill. He doesn't need to ch to trade with these bombs uh, with uh, other big heavyweights. Every heavyweight can knock every other heavyweight out. I mean, let's be real. That's the beauty of the heavyweight division. At any given time, a heavyweight can knock somebody out. Um, you know, the thing about AJ is sometimes he gets into this uh, thought that he has to he has to go toe to toe. He doesn't. He's got great boxing ability. And uh, he needs to box. However, with that said, against Usyk, I do think he has to go and uh, go toe-to-toe -to -toe with Usyk. Um, I thought he was going to knock Usyk out. Usyk is the superior boxer, in my opinion. And I think Anthony Joshua needs to use his height and size, overall size advantage uh, and just beat up on Usyk if he can. He needs to go out there. Like a Mike Tyson, even though he's not Mike Tyson, he's got to go out there aggressive and try to end this fight early. That's his only chance at beating Usyk. I'm telling you, that's his only chance. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. I think Robert Garcia is going to help him uh, get that killer, uh, killer instinct, um, according to uh, several people, like uh, a, a heavyweight prospect Frazier Clark. Uh, who's uh, sparring with him, he says uh, he believes Robert Garcia has pulled the bad guy uh, out of Anthony Joshua. So we'll see about that. More heavyweight discussion. Deontay Wilder is uh, uh, looking to return. Um, you know, he really uh, is looking to, to fight Anthony Joshua. I'll get to that in a second. But it looks like his next opponent is going to be Robert Helenas. Uh, looks like this fight's going to be taking place in the beginning of October. Um, you all know that I'm not a big fan of Deontay Wilder, and the only reason is because, you know, he walked around uh, thinking, you know, his shit didn't stink. Uh, but the truth of the matter was is he's a one-trick pony. He's got devastating punching power, and he's, you know, come a long way and uh, was very successful with it. I can't see him changing. And to be honest, which I think Helenas is the perfect opponent for Deontay Wilder's comeback. Helenas is a big guy. He stands in front of you. He doesn't move that well. I believe that Deontay Wilder will come back and come back big with a knockout over Helenas. Um, you know, he's... Uh, Deontay Wilder uh, definitely hits a hell of a lot harder than Adam Kaznacki. So uh, Helenas is in uh, for a beatdown in that fight. But again, as uh, Al Heyman uh, likes to do, this is going to be a pay-per-view. Another pay-per-view. You know, I mean, when Al Heyman said he was going to fix the sport uh, and he gave us all that free boxing, everybody thought he was the savior. Uh, he's nothing. He, listen, he's more greedy than anybody else. If he, Even the Ruiz fight. It's all pay-per-view, pay-per-view. It, it, does any other sport fleece its fans as much as boxing does? I doubt it. Uh, Deontay Wilder, um, Shelly Finkel's a co-manager of him, and he made a statement earlier in the week um, about a fight with Deontay Wilder and Anthony Joshua. And he said, regardless of what happens with the fight between Joshua and Usyk, 
And he, he, for that matter, it doesn't even matter what happens with Helenas, but I can't see why they're losing to Helenas. Um, he feels that uh, the fight it would be huge, uh, Wilder and AJ. I agree. I think that fight should have been made a long time ago, but I still think it would be a huge fight, especially if it was staged in England. Um, Finkel said, and I quote, I believe that this fight is enormous, uh, even if AJ loses to Usyk. He said he thinks... The right amount of money, especially if the fight ends up in Saudi Arabia, uh, would bring uh, fury to the table uh, to fight Usyk, uh, the, to fight a Usyk Joshua winner um, if, as an undefe- uh, undisputed title. But he said, "I don't believe Joshua, uh, Joshua Usyk is as big as Fury Usyk." And that being said, uh, he believes that. Uh, Deontay Wilder and Joshua would be the next big fight. Could you imagine a card that was in Saudi Arabia brought to us uh, on the zone that featured the Usyk Joshua winner against Tyson Fury and then the loser of the Joshua Usyk fight to fight Deontay and then the winner of those two fights fighting each other? I can only dream. Speaking of Tyson Fury, Tyson Fury wants to fight Chisora again. Um, for a trilogy, I say, why, you know, no disrespect to Tyson Fury. Cause if you've ever watched this show, you know that I'm a big fan of Fury's, but why the hell would he want to fight Chisora just for the, uh, trilogy? Nah, you know, they're saying he's got some real hatred. They were good friends and now they're not anymore, but you know, Chisora, he's not going to beat Fury. Uh, maybe Fury's looking, taking that fight lightly. I don't know, but he's really uh, bugging Chisora to sign the effing contract. Um, I personally don't see what the big point is. Um, but another issue with Tyson Fury, maybe he wants to fight Chisora because he, he does think he could uh, win easily. Um, he's got a new trainer. He got rid of um, Sugar Hill. And his new trainer... Uh, is um, uh, his new trainer now is uh, Isaac Lowe. Um, here's the thing. With Sugar Hill, I noticed a big change in Tyson Fury. Remember, this is when Tyson Fury became Mr. Aggressive. This is when he knocked people out, was with Sugar Hill. I think this is a huge mistake. To tell you the truth, I thought he was the best with Sugar Hill. He never seemed to utilize his power until he worked with Sugar Hill. Um, I, I think he thinks he's above needing a trainer, and I think this is going to bite him in the ass. Uh, no offense to Isaac Lowe, but he's not a trainer, uh, no, especially not as good as Sugar Hill. He's still an active fighter in the featherweight division. He's 28 years old with a record of 21-2 and two with three draws and only six knockouts. I think Fury's making a huge mistake. Uh, he should keep him in his corner, but not as the head trainer like he's announced. Uh, Fury said about Isaac Lowe, when I was with Peter, his uncle, Isaac was there. When I was with Ben Davidson, Isaac was there. When I was with Sugar Hill, Isaac was there. He's always given me great information. We're a great team. We've always been together, and we're going to finish this thing out together. You know what? I'm not suggesting that he has to kick uh, Isaac Lowe to the curb, but I, I think he needs I think he needs a, a better trainer, a head trainer. You know, a lot of these fighters, when they start becoming so successful, they start thinking they don't need a trainer. You know, I've always thought that having the same voice in your ear 
you know, consistently is beneficial. I think this is going to bite him in the ass. I believe this is why he's trying to chase the Chizora fight so so much because he. I think he realized that he's got to get used to Lowe as being a head trainer and uh, a, a good test would be Chizora. Chizora is tough, uh, but I don't think that uh, Tyson Fury thinks that he's going to have any trouble with him. And I don't think he's going to as as, he, uh, as well. Um, I mentioned uh, earlier that, uh, um, you know, f- uh, the Ruiz-Ortiz fight is going to be a pay-per-view. Um, but, you know, Al Heyman, it gets worse, boys and girls, because they have two other fights on this that are going on two different networks. So you'd have to watch the Rasim Aleem fight, which puts uh, 19-0 and 0, uh, Aleem, uh, against uh, Mike Palena, who's twenty six and one, you'd have to turn tune into FS one for that. Then a ten round fight between Joey Spencer, who's fifteen and zero, against Kevin Salgado, who's also undefeated at fourteen and zero, and he's got a draw. Um, you got to tune into the Fox Network uh, for that, uh, and then you got to go to the pay per view for the uh, Andy Ruiz and Luis Luis Ortiz fight. I mean, come on, man. You know, thank God we have uh, channel changes, you know, remotes now, you know. Um, Eddie Hearn was uh, quoted as saying that, uh, you know, having Keith Thurman, Danny Garcia rematch, um, you know, I know he's going to be involved with that, uh, but he'd rather see Garcia fight Conor Ben, and so would I. You know, Keith Thurman was an overrated fighter when he fought. Um, I'm not that crazy about him to begin with. Uh, I don't think he deserves a fight with Garcia. Um, and I think Conor Ben would be a, an entertaining fight. And it would be a big money fight for Danny if they fight over in England. Jojo Diaz, lightweight, uh, who I've always loved. 32 wins, two losses, and a draw with 15 of his W's coming by knockout. Uh, he's taken on uh, uh, William Zapata, who's undefeated 26-0. and in November um, on the zone, Jojo Diaz says, I'm excited to get back in the rig and do what I love. I'm going to take on the toughest challenge that will bring the best in, out in me, bring out the best in me. I'm going to show this shrimp uh, what it's like to swim with the sharks. Zapata says, I'm ready to dance with Jojo and give him trouble. Uh, promoter, uh, my man Oscar De La Hoya says, this fight proves that Golden Boy promotions. Now, obviously, he's trying to get Golden Boy back. Uh, in the top, but he says uh, Golden Boy's not scared to put on hit their fighters in tough matches to give fans uh, the boxing entertainment that they're looking for. Jojo Diaz, Zapata, are both hungry fighters ready to put on their reputations on the line to show that they're uh, worthy contenders in a lightweight division. Uh, both are Southport fighters. They're going to come forward, and they're not afraid to uh, give the fans a show. I applaud, um, I applaud Oscar and Jojo Diaz and William Zapata uh, for fighting each other. This is what boxing is all about, and it's what it needs. My man, I want to just, I haven't had a chance to respond, but I want to thank uh, my man uh, F.A., who's in the chat room right now. Uh, he agrees with me uh, about uh, uh, Keith Thurman, which uh, I appreciate. Um, all right, I got a voicemail from my man Augie from Riverhead. He says, uh, hey, Billy C., what's your opinion on Spence Crawford? When do you think they're going to fight? Is it going to be this year or next? Why won't anybody step up and talk about this fight? You know, I've talked about this fight, uh, Augie, and i tell you the truth. Um, I-, I want this fight. Boxing needs this fight, 
and it's bullshit that it hasn't happened already. Okay, Errol Spence is 32 years old. He's 28-0 with 22 knockouts. He's five foot nine and a half uh, inches tall, which is an inch and a half uh, height advantage over uh, Crawford. And uh, Errol's got a 72-inch reach. He's uh, fought 142 rounds as a pro. And as you know, his last fight was a 10-round stoppage over Jordinus Ugas on April 6th. Uh, I'm sorry, April 16th of this past year. Terrence Crawford. A lot of people are saying, oh, he's, he's old, he's old. He's 34. He's only two years older than Errol Spence Jr., uh, smaller by stature. He's undefeated as well. 38, 10 more uh, victories over him than uh, Errol. 38 and over 29 knockouts. He's 5 uh, foot 8 inches tall. He's got a 74-inch reach, which is a 2-inch reach advantage over Spence. He's got 218 rounds as a pro. Uh, his last fight was a 10th round stoppage of Sean friggin' Porter, who had never been stopped and, in my opinion, was one of the best welterweights out there. Uh, he stopped him on November 20th. I think, overall, Terrence Crawford has a way better level of opposition than Spence. I think that this fight must happen, and it must happen within a year from now. So by this time next year, I would think that um, these guys would have to fight and uh, Augie's been busting my chops. He wants my prediction. What's my prediction? My prediction on this fight, and I doubt it will change, is I think that Terrence Crawford beats Spence. Not only does he beat him, he's going to stop him. Despite being the smaller guy, I think he beats up Spence. I wouldn't be surprised if Spence quits on his stool uh, or the fight stopped due to a cut that's caused by a punch. Terrence Crawford has an extremely mean streak in him inside the ring i think that he will beat up errol spence i think errol spence is a little overrated i'm sorry i do and the accident um changed errol spence he's not the same we may not ever see the the same fighter um my man uh, fa wants to hear my opinion on the ring boxing rankings with inuo at number one pound for pound we all know pound for pound is subjective but any thoughts um listen uh, anyway is, is is a great fighter I don't know if he should be pound for pound number one but I do think he's in uh, the top three I think Terrence Crawford is pound for pound number one uh you know in my opinion and I still have Lomachenko uh in the in the top six pound for pound so um anyway um all right you know here's uh my non-boxing uh, I had to check to make sure I was doing so. My non-boxing um, observations for the week, okay? First of all, media coverage. I don't know about you guys, but I can't stand the fact that in today's world, and this has really been only happening in the last six years or so, uh, that you don't get all the news at one particular news or media outlet. In other words, stuff that's happening in the world today should be on every news outlet, okay? Uh, back in the day, six years ago, no matter what network you tuned into, you'd get the same coverage which was going on in the world today. You may have gotten a slightly different variation or a different view of a, of a news, but the news was news. You know, today, media covers what they want to cover, what their agenda is, and what they report as news. And in a lot of cases, it's their view of a topic. We shouldn't have to try and locate news 
what's happening to reporting news. Uh, today, it's creating a story, and that story may or may not be true. That's all that matters with these media outlets. It's the same as anyone else with social media. They want the clicks. It's sickening. I can't stand it. The media, the, we're losing faith. The public is losing faith in the media. You never know what the hell to believe. My second non-boxing observation for this week are pets. I think pets are in, extremely important for people, but specifically dogs and cats. Listen, I'm a dog guy. I love my dog. I'm a Rottweiler guy. I've had Rottweilers my whole life. Uh, my dog right now, Tony, he's my best friend. I, I get more attached to my dogs than I do people. When I lose a dog, I mourn over those dogs longer than I do people. Is that terrible? But I do. Cats, well, they think who the fuck they are. You know, when you call a dog, they come. When you call a cat, they basically say, leave me a message, maybe I'll get that back to you. You know, we had a cat, uh, and, you know, when they want attention, they come to you. When they want it. You know, we had a cat that, you know, he come over to you, he wants you to pet him, you pet him a little bit. Then he cleans himself while you pet him, makes you feel like a dirtbag, you know. You pet him on his head, he starts cleaning himself, like, oh, jeez, don't touch me. Oh, then don't fucking come over here, you know. Um, listen, uh, they're fake. They're all about themselves. Make no mistake. God forbid if you're a minute getting them their food. Anybody that has a cat knows this. They're relentless. Dogs, well, listen. They're man's best friend. They want to be with you every second. They're needy and uh, make no bones about it. Um, what I love about my dog is, uh, well, he's kind of a bully. Yeah, he makes me eat dirt sometimes, but uh, uh, I love the guy. But dogs, cats, you got to have them. Love them all. And my last observation, <coughs> excuse me, are microwaves. I hate friggin' microwaves. Let me give you my baked potato theory. Years ago, before the invention of, uh, invention of uh, microwaves, it would take you an hour and a half to make a baked potato, right? People accepted that it would take an hour and a half to make a baked potato. Now it takes seven minutes. But how many people are standing in front of that microwave that can't wait the seven minutes? Like, Jesus, it's taking so long. Seven minutes, it used to take an hour and a half. How about popcorn? When I was a kid, believe it or not, we used to put a little oil and butter in a pan, in a frying pan, and put popcorn in there and cook it over the stove. And you'd have to have a cover on it and stuff, and it would start popping, and it was fun. Then they came out with that, what was it, the Jiffy Pop, where it was all enclosed, and it popped up with with, um, with uh, foil, looked like an alien, not the ones crossing the border. I'm talking about an alien, like from another planet. And it was cool, right? Um, then they, uh, you know, the microwave comes out, and uh, you read different, depending upon the brand of popcorn, two to three minutes. Well, 10 seconds too little of a time, uh, you're breaking your friggin' teeth on unpopped popcorn. 10 seconds too late, you burned every kernel in there. Your whole house smells like uh, 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 burnt popcorn for a week. And my biggest problem with microwaves, and I'll end it there, is you heat something up. Me, okay, so I'm heating spaghetti, right? You know, one forkful is molten lava. I get third-degree burns on my face because I spill it. I'm a slob, or I burn the roof of my mouth, and the next piece is ice cold. What the F, man? Yeah, microwaves suck. I hate them. I really do. My last thought today, um, well, actually, I, I, I got a couple, but 
I wrote a piece. It's up on BillyCBoxing.com about the WBC. The, the, the WBC basically wants to rate um, Jake Paul. Listen, I think Jake Paul um, deserves respect. I do. You know, he's a serious guy. He wants to fight. But let's be real. The guy's never fought a real fighter. You know, he fought a fellow YouTuber. Uh, he fought uh, a, a basketball player. And he fought a couple of over-the-hill MMA guys. MMA is not boxing, boys and girls. You know, I, I'm I'm very disappointed that the um, that the WBC uh, Mauricio Suleiman says that he gets in he gets in the ring with responsibility. He's a social media phenom. Uh, this guy deserves respect, so we're considering ranking him. What the hell are you talking about? Since when do you get ranked in professionally boxing? Uh, because you're a social media uh, phenom. When, when do you get ranked for that? Don't you have to fight a guy? We were just talking about uh, Joseph Parker and Joe Joyce ranked number one and number two of uh, fighting each other. I mean, years ago when you had only 10 ranked fighters, you know, you got into that top 10 and you'd fight the guy above you and you beat him and you climb that friggin' ladder until you got your shot at the title. That's the way it is. Today, you pay your way into the rankings. Isn't that what Suleiman's saying? Come on, Mauricio, you know I love you, man. I, I, I do. Mauricio's a great guy. But the truth of the matter is, is he admitted that Jake Paul's got do-re-mi. And the do-re-mi is going to get him in the rankings. And that is bullshit. It's not fair to all the other young fighters that bust their ass in the gyms. And they don't even get a ranking because they may not have, <coughs> excuse me, they may not have the financial backing to grease one of these sanctioning bodies to get them in the rankings. And if they don't get in the rankings, they might not get the shots that they deserve. But yet they're still busting their ass in the freaking gym every day. These are the guys that are getting screwed. This is what pisses me off. It's not fair to the fighters. So I ask you this. People are always telling me, oh, the damn... Uh, uh, USA Boxing, our, our boxing program for the amateurs sucks. Yeah, well, why the hell would you want your kid to get into boxing when he has no shot in hell unless he, he signs his life away with somebody that's got some juice that'll get him into the rankings? You know, there's plenty of other sports that they can get into. So the reason that boxing is hurting because there's such low amount of fighters in the sport is because they get screwed. The fans get screwed. Is there any other sport that screws its participants and the fans more than boxing? And I can't get away from it. I love the sport, but it's not fair. You know, you want to see more talented fighters. You want to see the fighters that are willing to fight anybody. The gyms are loaded with them, but they're not getting their chance because they're not ranked or they don't have the proper backing. And we as fans are missing out. That's my final uh, thoughts uh, for today. Hey, listen, do me a favor. Subscribe to this channel. Uh, follow us on Twitter. Friend us on Facebook. Do all of that stuff, uh, and I appreciate it. Until next time. Uh, oh, I forgot about this. Don't forget to drop me an email. Give me your thoughts. I want to read about it. You know, I got uh, uh, Dax will be coming on starting next week. His, his schedule didn't uh, work out, uh, so we'll be able to go back and forth. I'll be able to... Uh, communicate with all the people in the chat room, which I appreciate. Special shout out to Fat Apples, F.A., my man. Uh, he's been uh, with us and he supports us. 
And uh, I appreciate that. And I appreciate everyone else that supports us because right now uh, we're looking for support. Hey, make sure you tune in next week. Same bad time, same bad channel. Until then, ciao, baby.